0: Hi, this is Rob Long, one of the founders of Ricochet.com. The podcast you're about to listen to is a production of Ricochet.com, the home of center-right conversation about politics and culture on the web. If you've been listening to these podcasts for a while, you've probably heard about our site. Maybe you've even visited once or twice. Well, now I'm about to make you a special offer to join our growing community of civil and clever conversationalists and interact. With contributors such as myself and Peter Robinson, John Hugh, Pat Sajak, Mark and Molly Hemingway, Mona Charon, Jane Nordlinger, Paul Ray, James Lilacs, Troy Senek, James Pethokoukis, Judith Levy, Arter Davis, James Dellingpole, and many, many more. I know I'm leaving somebody out, but conservatives are very polite and they won't complain. Now, in addition, you can create your own posts on our vibrant and lively and widely read in the corridors of power member feed on any topic you like, culture, politics, sports, food, you name it interact with like-minded conservatives from around the country and across the world listen to our podcast being recorded live and live chat with your fellow members and even attend in-person meetups across the country it's quite simply the best community on the web and the most fun you can have with a keyboard and trust me this is a community getting more influential every day so join ricochet today and get a free 30-day membership, go to ricochet.com slash offer now. That's ricochet.com slash offer and claim your free 30-day membership on me. And now on with the podcast. And I'll see you in the comments on Ricochet. Ricochet.
1: Welcome to Glop Culture, the Ricochet podcast with Jonah Goldberg, Rob Long, and your host John Podhoritz. Glop Culture is brought to you by the fine folks at Encounter Books. This week's pick is Terms of Engagement, How Our Courts Should Enforce the Constitution's Promise of Limited Government by Clark Neely of the Libertarian Institute for Justice. Go to Encounter Books slash for 15% off the list price. More about this later. So, gentlemen, Jonah, where are you right
2: now? I am in Washington, D.C., but I leave uh, later today for Arizona, where I'm going to be at the very glitzy and exciting Goldwater Institute gala dinner.
1: Very exciting. And and Rob, I happen to know that Rob Long, ordinarily ensconced uh, along, the Venice's, along the canals of Venice, yes. California – is but a few scant miles from me in New York City. Is that right, Rob?
0: That is true. You are across the park from me. Now, we, and, and just to give a little behind the scenes, uh, uh, Joan, just so you know, John and I had dinner together um, a, a couple nights ago, last night, not last night, night before. Yes, in a swank uh, East Side uh, eatery, and we um, uh, and we, we plotted. I'll be honest. We plotted.
1: We we, but, we plotted against
0: you, Jonah. <laughs> we did. We plotted, we plotted against right. you.
2: So I would just I would think less of you if you hadn't. Watch, and then they brought watch, the
0: menus, and and uh, and then we did something else. It wasn't much. Watch before. your back. Is all I'm <laughs> okay. saying. Watch your back,
1: because you know rhinos have a way of turning. <laughs> let's uh,
2: Let's they not revisit personally. that whole thing again. <laughs> revisit it. What else are we going to talk
1: about? <laughs> Uh, you know, we we start this broadcast. Uh, we are in, in double digit uh, days uh, since the since the beginning of the uh, partial government shut slim kind of shutdown, but not really, but a little. If you want to go to a park, um, and you, want to go we to are,
0: park, you have to walk past a sign. Is that, is that the you have to? Sort you're of not walk, allowed walk to walk around a tiny little sign.
1: It's not even a tiny little sign they put up. They've closed. Somebody I know who was in in Seattle uh, went to see the locks in Seattle and the park, and you know the National Park Service had put up gates so that you couldn't stand on the on the observation bridge to watch the boats going through, which they were going through.
2: So, yeah, and there's a, there's a turnout on uh, the interstate um, by Route Ra- Mount Rushmore. I've been there several times that you can see Mount Rushmore without actually going in. To the park or getting out of your car, and the and it's not National Park Service land, but they've closed that off so you can't even see Mount Rushmore, <laughs> even though you're not going on National Park Service land. I mean, it, it is it's 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 really amazing. It's, it's, like, a trap. it's like it's like you're there. It's
0: like you're almost it's like you're there in Walmart watching really bad parenting happen. <laughs> you know, it's like this is like this is horrible, such terrible choices that they're making, you you're, you're, you, know what, you're, then you're not going to be able to look at Mount Rushmore. How do you like that?
1: I mean, the, the, the problem here is that, you know, we are all and we on the right are all outraged about this and writing about this and talking about this and screaming about the preposterous way that the uh, administration is handling the showdown. Jo- Jonathan V. Last has a remarkable piece about the mismanagement of the National Park Service by... By a, uh, by a career uh, official who uh, has become the most zealous Obama advocate in the, in the federal government uh, who runs the Park Service. Uh, but you know, I'm, it's not clear to me that a lot of this you know, shutdown theater, as we've begun to call it, has penetrated to the larger public consciousness. Um, I think the issues are still now very general. It is Washington looks uh, insanely dysfunctional. Um, we have another nine days until supposedly um, we hit the uh, debt ceiling, at which point the, the federal government can no longer borrow uh, any more uh, money uh, for its debt service uh, unless Congress votes to lift the, the ceiling. And um, it is not clear to me that uh, anybody has a path out of this because Obama's saying – I will not negotiate. John Boehner, the Speaker of the House, is saying, "All I want to do is negotiate," and the um, and those on the on the on the right who are largely responsible for this politically are saying, uh, "We will only negotiate if the basis of a negotiation is the one thing on earth that Obama can't possibly agree to, which is the defunding of Obamacare."
2: Well, I so, think really still saying that – I mean who's, who's saying that now? That well, I mean uh, the, the – Fund Obamacare because it seemed to me that things have changed. No, Bain- they've,
1: changed, they've changed in the leadership I believe of the House. The leadership of the House is now actively moving to some kind of a, uh, a deal where they may have to break the so-called um, Hastert rule according to which they will only vote – they will only allow a vote on a bill – like a vote for to end the shutdown if a majority of republicans in the republican caucus before the vote happens say they'll they'll vote for it um but there are apparently enough republicans in the house who are still holding firm to this idea that you know we, 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 we got to we gotta hold firm. We got to stay – we got we to gotta, gotta hold firm. We got to get something out of this. We got to get something
2: out of this. We got to hold firm.
1: I understand yeah, the but
2: impulse. I, I know, my, my point is I don't – I agree with it that they're saying that and I, I kind of agree with them that Boehner or Republicans need something out of this. But I kind of thought that even – I mean you listen to Mike Lee. It doesn't sound like he's talking about um, – have to, they still have to defund Obamacare. No, I,
0: yeah, I feel like that's gone. That, that's yeah. all over. I think they're letting it play out and let it sort of, you know, slowly unfold as the chaotic mess it is. The problem is that one chaos sort of burns out another chaos in a way. Like you, you have two competing groups, each racing to eleven uh, percent popularity, um, and the first the first person who gets there, for the, the person who gets there first seems to be the loser, but the other one will <laughs> be at thirty two percent popularity. So I'm yeah, not sure. I- I'm not sure who wins. Look,
1: but. look, Eric, Eric Erickson, who runs the very influential conservative site Red State, said this morning, this being Thursday morning, October That's the 10th. second most
0: uh, – that is that is the second most uh, influential site, I think.
1: Next to Ricochet.
0: Next to us, yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, said that uh, the caving on uh, defunding or delaying Obamacare will create a third party. So – he is letting. He is letting. Yeah. You know the surrender caucus, which now apparently includes Eric Cantor, John Boehner, Mitch McConnell, John Cornyn, uh, you know uh, Tom Coburn of uh, everybody uh, that you know they vote. They vote to. They vote to sort of get out of this uh, total standstill. And, uh, and he or somebody is going to organize a third party, yeah. I mean, which of yeah, course yeah, is a brilliant yeah. strategy because if you want to further conservative ideas or right-of-center legislation and policy, what you really want to do <laughs> is take the party of the right, divide it in half and, and ensure that uh, Democrats win every election for the next 30 years. So yeah, get it's smaller a really is a strategy. brilliant strategy. Yeah. Not just get smaller but get like way smaller. <laughs> you know, we don't have a parliamentary system here. You don't go into coalitions uh, in the United States to win presidencies, and the presidency is the most important office. So uh, you can't just you can't just create some movement that will not completely destroy the prospect of any kind of reversal of the last five years of policy.
2: Yeah, look, I, I like Eric Erickson, but there, first of all, he's a wrong. Um, and B, I will predict that uh, when we are through the shutdown stuff, he will not be uh, resigning from the Republican Party. Um, but the you know a couple points here that I think are getting lost. You know, first of all, um, you know Rob was talking about how both sides are losing, and they are both losing, and the Republicans are losing in the polls worse than the Democrats are, and all of that is true. And and, and I think we all establish our bona fides. Uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked about how much we disagreed with the strategy that got us here. That said, um, there is a huge sort of category error problem in the way everyone talks about this stuff. When they talk about Republicans are down or the House's uh, approval is down to 11 percent, that crap it really doesn't matter in the same way mm-hmm. that Barack Obama's approval being down to 37 percent does.
1: Because I so way, don't agree with you about that. The, but go okay, ahead. We'll, I'm sorry. we'll
2: get to it. Let me make my case. You know, sorry, I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. It. I'm not saying that this is good for Republicans by any stretch of the imagination. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying, though, is that in politics, negative feelings attach to personalities um much more stickily than they attach to parties or amorphous institutions, and we've now got a situation where, um, you know. You have the president of the United States who in that AP poll has support for how he runs the federal government down to 21 percent. That is a huge problem. Forget for the Democrats. It's a huge problem for Obama. But it's also a huge problem for the Democrats because uh, as we know from George W. Bush and from the rest of American political history, unpopular presidents – have negative coattails and they create real problems for theirs for the attempt to have a successor of their own party one of the reasons why um mccain was doomed from the start and there are a lot of reasons but one of them was that you simply cannot elect a republican for another term after a two-term republican administration with a president who only has a 35 percent approval rating and so there are there are real incentives here for the democrats to get out of this mess too um and the, 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 thing, the, the number that drives me crazy when people talk about approval of Congress, well, if you actually go and you look at the Gallup approval that voters express for mm-hmm. their own congressmen, it's, it's five good. times higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, you know, the, that's more of an apples-to-apples apples comparison is that the politician I voted for I still agree with. Um, it's like people say they think the public schools stink, but they like their own public school. And so I, I just think that there's a lot of fog in, in, in the way people are talking about this. This doesn't mean I don't think we should get out of this, and it doesn't mean I think this was well done. But, but, but it's damn Do uh, always, it's, it's always do that? Too. I mean, do
0: we always do that? They look at a poll. I mean, the, 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 the number of, 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 of smart people or people who look at polls now or, or get any kind of market research and then derive some conclusion from it, as if this is. I mean, I'm sitting here right now in New York City about to shoot a pilot for a, a TV network and. We're, 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 it's a crap shoot. We have no idea what's going to happen. We're going to shoot it. We think it's going to be really good. I think the script is really good. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, but when, when we're done with it, they're going to take it. Even the network that I'm working for here who tend to be a little bit more renegade, they'll take it and they will focus group it and they will treat that, those results as absolutely uh, 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 disposable. These results are uh, money in the bank. And of course, they're not. All this stuff is fluid and changes all the time. So it's really just your intuition about what will happen in nine months versus, you know, John's intuition what will happen in nine months or twelve months, or versus my intuition. And I'm not sure. I mean, it, it, we all seem like we're. I mean, the, the whole country, at least, seems like it's appointed itself a part, as part-time market research analysts. Which of course is crazy. <laughs> I would like to make. I would like to offer the counter the
1: counter argument to to, to what Jonah. Has offered, which is you know, which is certainly a, a, a both a both a, a plausible and a uh, and a heartening uh, from my perspective, a heartening analysis. Um, the 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 word "Republican" has uh, been scraping the bottom of the barrel since 2006. That is the problem. The Democratic Party has you know rose to you know its highest electoral point. Um, both in 2008 and 2012 with Obama, Uh, with a considerably smaller electorate in 2010, Republicans slaughtered uh, Democrats um, uh, because of Obamacare. But the simple fact of the matter is that the word Democrat now has vastly more positive connotations in the national consciousness than the word Republican. So that's why we come to use these terms like brand and where the brand is. So the Obama brand is going to be tarnished by what's going on. Because everybody, as the the prince says at the end of Romeo and Juliet to the Montagues and the Capulets, all are punished. All are punished. This is when you have this kind of dysfunction and this kind of disagreement, the public blames everybody. But – all the polls show they're blaming Republicans more and, there were, and this then goes back in history terms to the point at which the Republican Party began to suffer as an entity beginning in 2006. This is seven years later um, and it cannot, in my view, take this kind of beating because what that means is aside from whether or not there are good candidates or bad candidates – that's why these generic things matter, these generic numbers, which aren't so bad now, but they're still favoring Democrats. So let's say everybody's hurt equally, right? Obama's hurt, Democrats are hurt, Republicans are hurt. Republicans are worse. Republicans are worse off. Republicans are not doing as well as Democrats and Obama, and therefore, if everything remains that everybody is blamed equally, Republicans come out on the short end. Um, and because of the history uh, it's going to be harder for a neutral candidate. If you have two candidates, one is a guy who has to run as a Republican, and one is to run as a Democrat. It is more of a shackle in places where, you know, in, in places that are either not New York State or Louisiana or Mississippi, um, it will be harder to be a Republican, an unknown Republican running for office, than it will be to be an unknown Democrat running for office in 2014 and 2016. That is a hindrance. So which that is a political it? hindrance. That's no, but, but I, what I'm, well, of course it matters. What I'm just saying that that is why you always they do all these polls on, on generic. You know, do, would you support a Republican or a Democrat? Yeah, because that's the only way you but can you, tell. But here's
0: my question: Do those yeah. do that? Do those generic surveys ever translate into actual?
1: Always, votes it, votes it votes. is the really? most. The generic is the most accurate rendering of the view of an electorate over the last thirty years. In fact, it's the only way that you can render a distinctive view of the I electorate. I did not know because, that. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I
0: naturally and rather flexibly think it's all just BS.
1: It isn't because here's why. It's interesting because, of course, you know, in the 80s, there were vastly more people who called themselves Democrats than Republican. I don't know. It was a 16, 17 percentage point. If you ask people, are you a Democrat or a Republican, 17% more would say they were Democratic, were, were members of the Democratic Party. Then you say – in the next election, are you more inclined to vote for the Democrat or the Republican? And then the numbers would go really crazy at that point because though they thought, thought of themselves as Democrats, tribally, by bonds of affection and by bonds of history and all of that, the Reagan Democrats were all voting Republican. So that, that is where the generic ballot, as it's so-called, you know, has its strength. And right now, Democrats are up in the generic ballot by four points. They should be down. They're going into a midterm election. Democrats should be worse off. Obama hasn't had a good year. So um, the signs are not favorable. That, that's not to say that Republicans are going to lose the House. But it may be to say that Republicans who should win the Senate in 2014 aren't going to win the Senate. I mean that—that's my counter argument. There's no way of knowing. We'll know, in, right. we'll know in November of 2014. There's this constant. Well, this is going to be bad for Republicans next year. No, it's not. There's no. It's all not going to matter. Who the hell knows? Nobody knows. But I, I'm saying this is a. This is just a simple, you know, uh, projection out. And I think you can see even this year that. You know, fine. So there's a bad, not a very good candidate in Virginia for Republicans. But you know, he's running against one of the slimiest people in the Virginia gubernatorial race, one of the slimiest people in American politics, in a in a in a in a, in a truly toss-up state where Democrats and Republicans have been trading off the governorship for for decades, mm-hmm. and he's going to lose. He's going to lose by a apparently by a relatively big big margin. Since he's now down by nine points, and that shouldn't be happening. This is an off-year election, and in, ni- in in oh nine, his predecessor won by nineteen points. Now, granted, he's not a very good candidate, and but neither but is he, his and rival. He was losing
2: long before the shutdown.
1: Right. right. No. Right. 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 No. But but it's gotten worse. He's gone down five points since the shutdown. I mean, I, you know, and what's more, the shutdown also makes it impossible for him to stage a rally because. It's the only
2: issue in town. So that, that's all. That may be more more of the problem. Also, Virginia is a weird case in this case, since Northern Virginia is basically all government workers. <laughs>
1: no, well, and so, by the way, and so, is, so is Southern Virginia, where there's a lot of people in the military. That's true. Uh, don't that's forget true. that you know civilians in the military are furloughed also. So, um, but is
0: anybody really? Is that really happening? Every time I look at it, look at it, it looks like uh, well, those guys are working. It looks like a lot of people are
1: working. Yeah, Hegel called no, back. A lot of military military. people in the federal government are not working. And they, yeah, they put the, they put units well, I know they're not military.
0: working. But, they're not, but they're, not going to, they're not going to work, is what you're saying.
1: They're not yeah, they going don't.
0: to work. And, in the, and
1: eventually they will they're get. they not back. at work. Eventually they'll get back pay, what's more. But, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, they're not pulling in a paycheck and people live paycheck to paycheck. So, um, I mean I think ultimately the problem here is that you have two – you have two fights, right? The fight is you know, we've got to stand up against Obamacare. Everybody on the right believes that. Everybody on the right opposes Obamacare. Right. So it all just comes down to strategy and tactics and somehow you are considered impure in your hatred of Obamacare if you are not following this now, you
0: seem a little charge of the light brigade strategy if you don't mind into the saying.
1: valley of death Road, the 600.
0: Now you seem a little defensive if you don't mind my saying. Uh, I am yeah, well, <laughs> well just I, I, does it, can I can, instead of talking about, you know, this stuff. Can I ask yes. like, does it does it does it bug you? When people say, oh, that John, you know, he's not. He's a rhino. He's not. Yeah. Does that bug you? You know why it bugs me? It does bug me, but it only so bugs me. it does you. bug you. Wait, wait. <laughs> yes, it bugs me. I love me. that answer. I asked, us it bug you? And you say, you know why it bugs me? <laughs> yeah. Why does it bug you?
1: I mean, uh, here's why it bugs me. It bugs me because I'm 52 years old. I have been working in the mainstream media for 30 years as a minority of a minority. I am an American Jew living in New York. I stand up for conservative principles. I am a minority of a minority of a minority. I've spent my, my entire adult life fighting for things that nobody around me agrees with, nobody around me believes in and i have all these people who live in mississippi and utah and idaho and all that yelling at me that i don't have any principles right i mean that that's what bugs me like you know see how you like trying to get ahead in the you know in the news business when you have conservative views see how you like it you know when so, when you when you walk into when you walk into a party right. Joan, you know in your what, neighborhood and people raise their eyebrows you know it's Jonah, just, it's a so life Jonah, i'm not complaining yeah. about it but don't tell me that I'm not. Don't tell. You know right. I've taken. I've 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 been through a lot as a warrior
2: fighting for my principles. Hey, J- Jonah, does it bug you? Yeah, no, it bugs me. Um, bugs me for a lot of the same reasons that that John brings up. I mean, it also bugs me because, and I I don't want to paint with too broad a brush about this because I think there are obviously, obviously there are other professional conservatives, as it were, who. Truly and sincerely disagree about the tactics and the strategy and, and all of that, um, but there's also these these people, decent, hardworking, honest people, whose commitment to conservatism is basically at a sort of a fan level, and um, you get these people who uh, get riled up by a talk radio host, right, mm-hmm. or by somebody else on the web saying that anybody who disagrees with us is a coward and they then launch into all of this invective aimed at you know in my case me right and the 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 gist of it is that somehow you know i'm actually like john you know i'm actually in the arena fighting these fights every day for 365 days a year essentially and these guys on the sidelines who may write a check to the Republican Party, and some of them may right. have actually be wonderful activists. I don't know, but I get the sense from a lot of these guys is they, 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 they put no there, there's no price for them to uh, send off this you know, nasty email or these tweets, um, and they think that they're in a position to pronounce upon my, not, not just my position, but my, which is fine, everyone's got the right to their own opinion, but on my integrity, and they're convinced that I've mm-hmm. sold out um, <laughs> for taking these <laughs> positions. And I don't, want to, I don't want to revisit this whole thing that we did last time on, the, on this podcast about this stuff, but it, it, it bugs me because I think, you know, and I think what John is sort of getting at is I think both of us, you know, I don't mean to say that there's a sort of noblesse oblige behind this, but there's a certain kind of, haven't I earned at least a little bit of the benefit of the doubt? Haven't I, you know, that, that maybe this is just a sincere disagreement? I mean, the idea that I've signed up as a, some sort of right. sleeper agent at National Review... Um, You know, that I got my start at the American Enterprise Institute, all the while just using that as leverage to get a better offer. Um, That kind of crap really bothers me. I mean, I I don't say it really bothers me in the sense that, like, I go home and I, you know, I kick Mm -hmm. the cat or something. But um, uh, I find it really tendentious and it, it just strikes me as bravery on the cheap. Right. These guys you know, think that they're really accomplishing something by taking on the establishment. And I can tell you, I, I, changing up slightly, I've been around the country a lot in the last couple of months. I can't tell you how many people have insisted to me that the Rockefeller Republicans are ruining the party. And I, I try to tell them that they have been as extinct as the dodo bird for 40 years. There are no Rockefeller Republicans. But there's this confusion out there that the establishment yeah. means liberal Republicans. They, they're, just, they're nowhere to be found.
1: Well, that's also be that's. I mean, first of all, I, I don't want to sound. Well, there's you.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's but you. I, you're not. You're way to the right of a Rockefeller Republican. <laughs> no, but kind of look, garbage. the
1: Rockefeller Republicans don't exist because they became Democrats, just the same way that 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 conservative Democrats don't exist because they mostly became Republicans. That's the that's the simple fact of the matter over the story of the last thirty years. And so this this splitting of differences, according to which. You know, people who have what others consider a heterodox view on one or another topic are then written out of conservatism as though conservatism is some kind of honorific. You know, it's like a it's like a reward you get. It's like a it's like a you know it's like a badge you get from the Boy Scouts when you tie the right knot, um, and you don't get to be consider yourself a conservative unless you tie that knot. This is not you know it's just a practical description in the United States of a set a cast of Mind and a set of beliefs and a, and a general, uh, you know, uh, a tendency toward believing that government should be smaller and that the United States needs needs to be strong um, abroad and to project its you know and and to project its power forcefully. Those are though that is essentially what it means to be a conservative in the United States in the broadest terms. It's not an honorific. It's not a medal. That's just what it is. I don't want to sound like I'm whining. I don't really. It bothers me. I don't really care. I live a wonderful life. I've had great opportunities. Uh, My life and Jonah's, I think, are testaments to uh, the remarkable uh, change in the United States that has made possible uh, people uh, like us who both uh, can thrive in conservative media and have some place in the mainstream media that really would not have been possible in previous eras. So, I, uh, you know, I've benefited and – and um, but I have no problem with them. That's what's interesting. I have no problem with these people who are attacking me. I like them. I'm happy that they're there pushing and arguing yeah. and hating yeah, me too. Obamacare I'm- and all that. They're They're angry at me. I'm not angry at them. I don't – I'm – you know, and this is the joke. Rob, you and I were talking about this at dinner. Like, you know – we're talking about these are these are um, electoral coalitions that involve ten tens of millions yeah, of people. The scale
0: is really interesting. I mean, I mean just just to, just to get off this this yeah. one little thing for a minute, yeah. the scale of everything is really interesting. That's what I think has 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 surprised everyone in in the media and, the, and 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 you know voters too and consumers in general It's just the the difference in scale for winning an election is so much different from the difference in, from from the scale of having a hit tv show or having you know a lot of twitter followers so they, that's what's interesting to me it's just that uh, th- that that is still a very big thing to win a national election that but it always was you know
1: this is a point that you well, made so in 1972
0: yeah. In nineteen seventy Wait, wait. Wait, wait. wait, wait. Yeah, we, no, I was going to make your point for you. We have other. We had other closer things to that. We had the launching of you know car companies. We had we had uh, TV shows that regularly got 35 or 40 million viewers. That was normal, and now that's completely abnormal. You don't. There aren't 40 million people uh, doing any one thing, even watching the Super Bowl. Um, so so it's hard like it's at the scale it's just crazy to like to change and I think what happens is we sometimes believe if that if 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 our if our inputs are are, are consistent you know everybody on our Twitter follower and everybody on our news channel is saying the same thing and we see a poll that can be parsed to agree with it uh we we think Oh, there's, there's, a, there's a bandwagon sweeping the nation, and the truth is, the na- I think it's true about the shutdown too. By the way, I think the, 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 the most people are shrugging. I'm sort of more on the uh, Jonah side than on the John side, but but it is interesting to me just that we have oh, there's only one thing left. That's a big national experience that everybody experiences, and that's a
2: national election. Right, because in 19- 1990... And trying to log on to the Obamacare website. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually think that's going to be a more powerful piece of direct mail. Absolutely. And a more powerful a uh, campaign piece or, or, or marketing piece than
2: anything those the morons at the RNC could come up with. See,
1: but that's yeah, important. The, because, the glitches well, have
2: delayed Obamacare better than the Republicans could. Exactly right. That's, right. That's
1: if... if. Ted Cruz and a lot of other people on the right had had confidence in their expectation that Obamacare was going to be a disaster.
0: I don't think anyone you could have then, then they could, could
1: have nev- let it work, I, work, you know, then they could have spectac- waited for this to happen. This is Without the shutdown, this would have been the biggest is, story of the month. But,
0: yeah, but this is spectacular incompetence. I mean, this is really incompetence of a level that it's almost comic. You can't. I think anyone who, 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 who even in their in heart their of hearts hoped this would happen would never predicted it because it would just have just been bananas. How yeah, could no, it, I don't could think so. so bad?
1: What was the, the joke? So what was the joke in 2009, 2010? Do you want your health care run by the, by the Department of Motor Vehicles? That yeah. was it. That's what everybody said. OK, great. Let's have a national health care system so we will have all the efficiency of the Department of Motor Vehicles running the health care system. No, no, and exactly here we are. No, no.
0: That's here we insult. are. You know, 650 that's the the get my registration on the dmv <laughs> no problem i i i, I pay for the, the, my car insurance. i mean i do everything on the dmv website the california dmv website's fantastic
1: they spent 650 million dollars on healthcare.gov i want to see the back end i want to see i want to see what happened there because that is a pretty you know as somebody who as somebody who manages and has had a website redesigned several times you know, it, it it can be a money pit, but that that's that's uh, well, that's something pretty. Uh, know, one out. of the great
2: things is that they con- one of the main contractors who designed the thing was a Canadian firm, which you just gotta love. Um, but <laughs> the the uh, Reuters actually has a very good explainer on why this thing is bad, and you know, uh, the the idea that this that the problems of this thing were caused by the volume of visitors is not true. They always of say course- that.
1: Of course and, it's not true.
2: And it's, the, of
1: course it's not true because that – all you have to do there wait, wait, John, John, is by wait. server,
2: is by so, server so what, space. That's all you have the, to do. Jonah, what, what was the rest of it? OK. So anyway, the, and, and the uh, – so this is already the worst IT disaster in American history, right? I mean that is that is an established fact. Um, you can't point to anything out there. And at some point, the, the, the sort of the glitches thing, right? right. I, mean, I had this joke last night on the Special Report online show. I feel like I was cheating on you guys um, where um, I said it seemed like they have, they have somehow scoured the finest web programmers um, that the Amish community has to offer. <laughs> um, and at one point, actually, at one point, Crowdhammer was like um, – you know, I want to disassociate myself with this slur on the Amish community. And, and I was like, Charles, what do you care? It's not like they're watching. Um, but um,
1: anyway. Well, they're watching the, if they're on Room Springer.
2: That's right. That's Right. Room if if a, or if they're on an Amish show about how they're in the mafia. Um, <laughs> but the um, – I love America. Um, but the thing, the thing is, you know, we are now in a place where we are – by law telling people that they must buy a product that the government yeah. is incapable of selling. <laughs> and it may take months to fix this website. I mean, the, the way they've oh, designed yeah. it, every time you log on, you're basically launching a denial of service attack on the website. By the um, way,
1: it's not going to take months. It could take years. You remember, you remember this scandal with the software at the Justice Department? That was a, a seven-year scandal. About how you know you, when you build something, you know if you don't throw it all away and start again, yeah, which no right. one ever does because it seems too expensive, you're essentially trying to build on a rotten foundation, remember, and then just, it remember, just goes gets worse and worse.
0: Always the same thing with these guys, though. The guys who build websites, I mean, it, it, it's all it's the guys who do, your contractor, uh, the guy, our, our prop guys. You know, you, it's always the same thing where you say, hey um so we want this thing and uh will it will it do x or y and they always say yeah it'll 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 pretty much do x and y i mean <laughs> depends i mean it depends on like you know what 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 exactly you mean but yeah it'll we can make you know will this thing i remember saying that. will this thing really you know send up a lot of smoke and the prop guy said oh yeah it'll it'll uh yeah it'll it'll look like smoke yeah, you know it'll, it'll nothing that. like no, I need I need the effect to work, right? I need it to work. Yeah, it'll it'll pretty it'll it'll uh, it'll get you there. It'll get you there. You know, <laughs> I need to see, this... I can hear all the meetings for this thing.
1: This week of all weeks, and this topic of all topics, uh, we are fortunate to have as our sponsor this week, and the featured title from Encounter Books this week being. Terms of Engagement, How Our Court Should Enforce the Constitution's Promise of Limited Government by Clark Neely of the Libertarian Institute for Justice because obviously part of the reason we're in this mess is the Supreme Court. Supreme Court ruling that Obamacare was a tax and not a tax and was a tax and wasn't a tax but it is a tax so therefore it's constitutional. Uh, the session begins next week.
0: Was that, be, was that, was that opinion written by Supreme Court uh, Justice Jackie Mason? Uh,
1: well, no, so the Supreme Court will be considering cases on abortion, racial preferences, campaign finance, the EPA. This is the stuff that really matters about the function of the federal government. And this book, Terms of Engagement, debunks the concerns about judicial activism or the so-called conservative majority in the Supreme Court. To the contrary, Neely says – The Supremes have been asleep at the bench. Think about this. Of the 15,817 laws passed by Congress between 1954 and 2002, 15,817, the Supreme Court struck down 103. That's two-thirds of 1% of all the laws passed by Congress uh, over the course of nearly 50 years less than one-twentieth of one percent of the million-plus state laws passed during the same time were overturned, and it strikes down just three out of every 5,000 laws passed by Congress and states in any given year. The Supreme Court consistently protects government prerogatives, Neely explains, at the expense of ordinary Americans. So if this strikes you as a uh, an interesting and plausible analysis. Go to EncounterBooks.com to get this broadside for a special price for listeners of Ricochet. Enter the code Ricochet at checkout for an additional fifteen percent off all titles. Our thanks to Encounter Books for sponsoring Glop. Now, gentlemen, uh, the culture. big story—the big story in pop culture this month, after the after the uh, conclusion of Breaking Bad—is the stunning. Success of the release of the 3D space movie Gravity, which made $55 million and, and now has enthroned uh, 49-year-old Sandra Bullock as the biggest yeah. star in Hollywood.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you cannot overstate that. That is the most interesting thing. I mean I haven't seen the picture. so The picture is great too. Yeah. But she the is most made interesting for- outcome of this, of, of, of this is that she is the biggest movie star in America, probably the world. She is the only movie star that can open pictures. She opens comedies and she opens dramas, and now she opens a sci-fi picture. She is, um, and and she did this all. You know, she had an up and a down in her career, and uh, and this is this is. I mean, obviously, this is the up, but she pulled herself together from the down too. She is one of the most impressive people in Hollywood today.
1: Listen, since two thousand and nine, in two thousand and nine, she she after a long fallow period, as Rob indicates. Um, she brings out the proposal, which makes $200 million and she brings out the blind side, which makes $250 million and wins her an Oscar. And this year, uh, after a break, because she had some personal problems, as we know, her, her tattoo covered, uh, uh, husband was, uh, was cheating on her. Who saw uh, that coming?
0: I yeah. know. <laughs> Ooh, boy. You see, this is a nice guy.
1: And then she made one pretty bad movie uh, called uh, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. And then this year, she made The Heat, which made $200 million, and Gravity, which is going to make a billion dollars worldwide. That's four out of her last five movies. Um, uh, no, one, uh, no one has that record. So it's a very interesting story. And she is. And she is 49 years old, although to see her in Gravity when she uh, strips down into a T-shirt and shorts – Is not to believe that she is forty nine years old. She herself is a really remarkable special effect. As and the movie is of course an unbelievable stunt. I mean, I I think I'm the only one here who's who's actually seen it. It is a ninety minute stunt um, of astonishing proportions. It's it's ninety minutes long, and it begins in space. And you have no doubt that you're that you're watching somebody in space doing a spacewalk. Two people, three people doing a spacewalk, and then all sorts of things happen. Uh, Shrapnel hits the shrapnel hits the the, the 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 spacecraft. No, no, that's in the trailers. So, and then all kinds of stuff happens, and you to talk about the suspension of disbelief. I mean, you you, the the achievement, the technical achievement of this movie. Is about as impressive as any I've ever seen. Having said that, in my, yeah?
0: It's still, you know, I remember where pictures were two hours. They're all 90 minutes now.
1: I'm not sure I know why that is. But this one is 90 minutes for actually a very good reason because it sets a you know, basically is, it's basically the the concept is that it all happens in real time. You are watching something happen pretty much to two people in real time. Not, there's no, there are no cuts, oh, there are no flashbacks. Right.
2: Yeah, so, so I mean, so it's sort of like 24. Sorry. Yeah, it's. It, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, lasts like, three it's years. like 24.
1: If 24 were made by Andy Warhol and actually lasted 24 hours, it's like. Right, so
0: here's right. my question, though. Do yeah. you think? I mean, when what we say, whatever he says in Hollywood, it's the same thing, right? They don't make movies anymore. Uh, I have friends. Friends will come to me and say, "Hey, I've written a screenplay," and I'll say, "Well, you shouldn't bother because they don't make movies." They make gigantic um, uh, star-driven or action-driven franchise pictures, uh, and that's it. So the number of pictures that, are, that Paramount releases is you know down by seventy percent. Everyone's cutting back. They don't make movies. Um, and then someone says, "Well, you know, what about the, some small indie picture?" And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, they made that small indie picture because they had a, a star behind it, and um, and it's it, they, they could do it for three months, and it doesn't interfere with their big studio work." Do you think this movie's gonna mean that there are gonna be better movies in the movie theater?
1: Well, here's the advantage of this movie to Hollywood. The advantage of this movie to Hollywood is it's based on no prior it's based on no prior property. So it is entirely original. Why is and, that good?
0: that's actually a drawback. Well,
1: no, no, it's good because what it indicates is you don't have to go out and forage Theoretically, you don't have to go out and forage for well, somebody else's sure, intellectual, intellectual property that, to find. Yeah, that
0: nobody in Hollywood says, um, oh, uh, we, uh, this is good. This freezes up to do original stuff. What they say is, it's it's a George clooney Sandra Bullock picture.
1: Nobody that, will say that, that this movie IP is a George – that, that is not the takeaway from this movie. See, this is what's oh, interesting about this movie. The one she's, she's the star of it. She is the star yeah. of it. She is uh-huh. – but – Okay, but, but either way – but Either the way, star of it is say. the director. The star of it is Alfonso Cuarón, the Mexican director who made it, who, you know, will win the Oscar for this the way Ang Lee won the Oscar for the Life of Pi as a directorial achievement. It is, you know, it is as pathbreaking as any that the industry has ever seen. What all I'm saying is that this can make the what the case that is made by this movie because apparently 90% of the money that it's making it's making in 3D and IMAX is as James Cameron said after after Avatar was made if you make a if you conceive of a movie in yeah. 3D that uses all of the qualities of 3D to create an immersive experience and it is part of the design from the get-go as as uh, you know executed by a right. masterful filmmaker then people are going to like ru- tear down the walls to go see it and this thing People are going to well, go see this movie that's four or I mean. five it's, it's, times.
0: That's what I mean. It's more now an event picture, a uh, uh, ride, um, you know, immersive experience that it probably can only really be experienced in a movie theater, and that, that there will be more of those. That's for sure. That, that, well, that, yeah, that's I, the direction
2: well, movies are going. One, one caveat I would offer on that. I mean, I, I think John's sounds like John's right to me, but uh, the one caveat I would offer is that 3D and IMAX work particularly well. In the milieu of space, right? Having gone to a lot of these national, you know, Smithsonian IMAX things, 3D is for some reason so much more plausible because of the black backdrop mm-hmm. that you have, the, the the sort of other, literally otherworldly right. um, confines that so you don't have the normal, you know, the normal perspective things that make you doubt the 3D. I don't know. Better- I don't know that the bed- 3D works as well in every situation. I mean, I, I no, don't, it doesn't. It does. Avan- although in Avatar, I thought the 3D was kind of wasted. It's sad are, though yeah. that, that that we didn't get to see
0: William Shatner's paunch in the 3D. We didn't have that 3D <laughs> feeling of of the of the absolute the the, the 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 tension of the spandex or whatever it was of his little outfit. We didn't. I we didn't really get a feel that. of.
1: <laughs> I would love. I would love that. I wish they would. You know, they just spent twenty million dollars going back and rendering um, the Wizard of Oz in three D. That would be great if they How did. Do like, that? I, I don't know, but they did it anyway. I would. I didn't see it, but it 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 uh, it apparently was 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 quite sensational. And um, I would love to see uh, the Gamesters of Triskelion, uh in three D. <laughs> I would yeah. love to. I would love. Yeah. I would love. I would love to see some of those really yeah. bad Star Trek episodes, the really bad ones in 3D. You get a I don't know which to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, one interesting one interesting aspect of social media and the movies and all that is, well, all we hear about is the effect of Twitter on movies and how it p- promotes things and pushes things. And now, Twitter's made a deal with Comcast that. If you tweet about something and you press watch it, it will come up on your computer screen um, so you can watch it and tweet about it at the same time. This is considered a big revolution. There's a big story about it in the New York Times. Um, however, uh, the nation's foremost celebrity astronomer, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who, who runs the, um, the uh, Rosen Institute for, for Space here in New York, went on Twitter this weekend and just started trashing gravity. He did like a series of 10-12 tweets about how, you know, <laughs> the ship should be in should be going like right to left, not left to right. Yeah. They keep moving in the wrong direction, and there's no way that it could be hit by shrapnel because they're in different orbits and therefore and the shrapnel couldn't hit. Them and yada, da, nice. Blah blah. And it was yeah. there was something really astonishing. It was like he got really angry, and the only thing I could think was, oh man, gravity producers, morons. Why didn't you hire him? Why didn't you hire him as a consultant? Bring him in the tent. You can't be leaving these guys out there to, to get angry because you didn't pay them off. Pay Why them off.
0: Why can't you? I think it's just back to the initial point. It doesn't matter what anyone says on Twitter. They <laughs> Listen, still made what, umpteen million look, dollars. But this, this is needed, what
2: I wanted to say about what you were saying. The these tweets. Which I couldn't believe. There was Matt Lauer talking about these tweets as if they were like breaking news. <laughs> although, although, although that of course is one of those things that makes people say, "Hey, I
1: got to go see that movie." But this is the point that you were making, Rob. You know, uh, we all have this amplification effect. where We're complaining about how people call us rhinos and all of that, and you know, we have uh, various numbers of followers on Twitter, and people attack us and all of that. Well, you know, the, in terms of scale, the point I was trying to make a couple of minutes ago was. In 1972, the Mary Tyler Moore Show had 40 million viewers a week, right? Right, right. In 1972, Richard Nixon got 40 million votes. In other words, yeah. when television was king, when pop culture had this kind, of, this kind of focused effect, it was as big as a presidential election. Sometimes it was bigger. The final episode of MASH was watched by 125 million people. 125 million people. Now, The Big Bang Theory, which is an astonishing triumph, um, ratings triumph, is now you know by far the highest-rated show on television. It has 25 million viewers, um, and that's like, oh my god, how did that happen? This is like a a miracle. It becomes a billion-dollar
0: enterprise because of that. Yeah, all right. I mean, that's 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 why that's third. That's that's why right. That's why the, the – the, the, it's hard for people in, in, in show business to complain because the money still goes up, right? Because <laughs> a smaller group of people doesn't matter if that's still the, the biggest group you can buy. So right, the people right. making Big Bang Theory are making tons and tons of money. Um, mm-hmm. Probably more uh, when you factor it out than the people who made Three's Company or not – actually not Three's Company. That was a gigantic uh, oh, uh, moneymaker but, but something like that.
2: Um, but but th- I, I, there, think was I really- le- there was less merchandising for Three's Company though. I was amazed yeah, when I right. went when in Europe when I was in Europe this summer. It was amazing, or in the UK, it was amazing how much, um, and in Norway too, how much Big Bang Theory swag was at almost every T-shirt shop and yep. Gap. You know, just all over the place. Everyone was wearing Bazinga T-shirts and all of that. It's really it was astounding. See, yeah, um, they weren't
0: they weren't, uh, they weren't
2: uh, uh, Mr. Roper or Mr. Furley T-shirts, that's for sure. But, you know, the other oh, but only, those guys made a lot. Although I would wear a Regal Beagle T-shirt in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, you know, there, I I think I found the Regal Beagle. What it was modeled after, you know, it was set in Santa Monica, and there was a yeah. No, there,
2: there are a bunch of British pubs in Santa Monica for some reason. I don't know. I don't. i have never quite understood it. You know,
1: but there is one thing. I one thing uh, that the internet has has generated. You know, Jonah and I are both wild enthusiasts for the mid seventies TV show, the odd couple. And if you, sure. there, there are now these people who produce online memorabilia from the odd couple in 2013, t-shirts that say Oscar Madison for council and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, uh, and, and, um, and so, you know, that, so now we can have, um, retro, uh, retro goods, retro, uh, franchising. Um, the other interesting pop culture political thing that happened this week is that the, uh, is that the actor James Woods, um, who really shot into uh, stardom in the mid-80s as the star of Oliver North's comedy loving movie Salvador, uh, uh, has come out uh, in the last three or four months as an unambiguous Obama-hating conservative on Twitter. And this week he tweeted – that he does not expect to work again in Hollywood. Now he he has been on uh, Ray Donovan, the show on 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 Showtime, with John Voight, mm-hmm. another open conservative in Hollywood. But um, Woods, who is uh, let us say a rather intense person, uh, a man of yeah. um, a man of a deep and high intensity in all things. <laughs> That's a nice uh, way to put it. Uh, is not not just sort of uh, is not just now openly conservative, but um, you know, but he is um, he is uh, very passionate uh, in the uh, in the maintenance and uh, and uh, broadcasting of his views. So, Rob, do you think he's right? Is he is he? No, gonna people harm say,
0: no. People always say that. I don't. I mean, well, he might be right, but there's there's there are always other reasons why you're not working. Uh, you know, but you always- know, Ron
1: Silver, the late Ron Silver, told me he was in in 2005. He was He did not expect that his career was going to take the hit that it took when he came out as a supporter of Bush and the War on Terror.
0: Yeah, um, but you know, he, there's he no thought he was, I know they always say that. They always say that. And, no, but he and may, wasn't may, complaining. He wasn't be, complaining. Well, whatever. I mean, whatever the, what he was doing, whatever, he, he was pointing to a, a cause for the problem. And, and I'm just not, I'm, I remain unconvinced. I, I, I've heard stories like that from the past. And I'm, you know, I'm in no position to tell somebody why they are or are not working. But when an actor announces, and this I'll probably not work again because of this. Uh, really, I mean, look, Jimmy Woods is kind of a handful, and there—that's that's all there is to it. And a lot of people who agree with him would think twice before putting him in a picture or Well you know, here's, here's the important thing to remember. But, but I would understand. say, as, wait, I would wait. Yeah, I would sorry. just say as an example, you have John Voight, who is having who's busier now than he's ever been. Yeah. Um, and he's a lot more outspoken than Jimmy Woods. I mean, look, James Woods I, – I put it this way. He when, – when he when, – when James Woods said that he uh, – at one point said, I will never forgive myself for not preventing 9-11. Everyone's first – well, look, that was everyone's first reaction was to laugh, Ugh, roll their eyes. It turns out that he was on a plane from mm-hmm. New York to L.A. And he noticed these guys on the plane on one of their dress rehearsals. And he called the FBI. That's actually on record, and yeah. said, "You got to – so they're they're planning something." That's what he said. So I mean, you know, he's yeah. kind of an interesting. He is an interesting character, and whatever he said, I'll never forgive myself for not preventing that. I love like oh, it's kind of a, you know, a typical actor. Like the world does not revolve around you, but in this one instance,
2: yeah. So I, don't know, I um, thought this, I thought he was the one who saw the, like the nine Arab musicians. Carrying cases on the plane. I didn't think you actually saw the 9-11 No, 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 no.
1: No, Rob's right. Rob's right. He was oh, in August. Yeah, it yeah. was in August of of, of 2011, and he yeah. saw, he 20, saw what, yeah. what, it, what it appears to be two of the guys who were on Flight 93 or something like that. Like Bahamanada um, and
0: some other guy, apparently. He, they they right. were doing a dry run on flight to L.A. Right. Now,
1: in the here's front. the one thing that... Uh, I should caution my fellow conservatives that getting too wildly enthusiastic at the, you know, at the fact that James Woods has joined the fold is that he is uh, 66 years old and um, uh, his girlfriend is 20. So uh, he is not, uh, he is not, um, let's say in moral terms, the most conservative person that you've ever met. Uh, and I, you may want What's to. What's with
0: that? What do you mean?
1: I mean the only thing that's wrong with that is what on earth do they talk about? That's all I'm saying. Anyway, uh, but can I just tell you a quick story on the, on the effect of having conservative views in Hollywood on some people? So uh, in 1978, I was an apprentice at the Williamstown Theater Festival and there was an actor at the Williamstown Theater Festival named Dwight Schultz who people now may remember who ended up on the, on the, on the A-team and uh dwight it starts
2: that next generation Just want to put right out
1: there. and dwight who was <laughs> one of the most dazzling stage actors i have ever seen was at williamstown as was uh uh gwyneth B- blythe danner um who was who was in the company and blythe danner's husband was a guy named bruce paltrow and some point uh uh, in 1980 or something like that, um, Dwight let out that he was from a military family and that he was not happy with what was going on in uh, – you know, in, in, with the hostages in Iran and all that and that he was – disliked uh, what Jimmy Carter was doing and he didn't say much more than that. Well, two years later, he moves to Hollywood and he goes to try out uh, – he goes to audition for St. Elsewhere, which was Bruce Paltrow's uh, show. And um, uh, he walks in for the audition and Paltrow stands up and he says, I'm not having any Reagan-loving a-hole on my program, so you can leave right now. That's a, that's, a, that's a true story. Yeah. Dwight, Dwight's career wasn't – Dwight went on to get a, a huge role on a big show. But, but he would have um, been great in St. Elsewhere. Well, you know, mm-hmm. he could have been – he could have, he he could have been – yeah. Anyway, he's a great actor but I just thought, always thought that, you know, that yeah, was Yeah, OK. That, so that, look, there are – I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it not It's not martyrdom. It's not martyrdom but it's, it's, I'm it, it's it real.
0: Right. I'm not saying it isn't real. I, I personally worked there for 23 years. I, I, I've never experienced it. In fact, quite the reverse. I, I, I can probably, if you give me a few minutes, can tell you how much money I've made it, almost to the dollar because people know. I would love, uh, please, please,
1: uh, Joan and I will talk, and you do that calculation, and <laughs> yeah, we we'll close the with that. How about that? Um, yeah,
0: every now and then, they need one of us around, you
1: know. Okay, so uh, just to just to just to close out on a on a, on a very high point, um, uh, there is a viral YouTube video uh, video out on uh, advice to J.J. Abrams on uh, how to make Star Wars great again, uh, as he is now making.
2: The next uh, Star Wars movie, and uh, do and I was follow what they did with the Tolkien movies? Is that in the Tolkien yeah. movies, they are internally consistent that they take, they, they try to take seriously this idea that they are in an independent realm, another world. That is what it seduced an entire generation of kids into those movies, was this idea that it was someplace else. And not just sort of a sci-fi movie with human Earth characters speaking in, in American pop culture language. Um, I think that would help a lot. Whether it does it or not, I kind of doubt. Rob, do you have any? Uh... Yeah, I guess my advice is don't do it. Get away
1: from the torment and the this and the, tr- the trouble and the arm cutting off and the, and, the, and the Yoda and all of that and go back to, you know, flyboys going after, you know, the big ship. That would be my that would be my counsel. He yeah, can't no, do that I, either because he's a con man, J.J. Abrams, and he sets atmospheres up well and cannot tell a story. But I agree mm-hmm. with a lot of
2: that. I'm not saying that it has to be dour when I say it has to be serious. I just mean right. take its premises seriously. Right. Um, but no more blowing up big ships. I mean, the they've they've done the Death Star twice out of you know, right. <laughs> right, Well, they
1: can't blow up the Death Star because this is a prequel. Don't the Death it. Star won't
2: even exist yet. However,
1: Don't we have come to it. the end. Don't do it. But, you know, one thing that you should do, and we'll try to let you know how and when, is you should join us uh, yeah. next week, uh, Tuesday, October 15th, in New York, where we are going to have a Ricochet meetup. And I think we are we, are we going to try to do a, a show or we can't do a show?
0: Well, we're going to try to do something. And if uh, yeah, Jonah it, yeah, can make yeah, it, so uh, Jonah Jonah doesn't make it then, 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 then Rob we'll and
1: I will, will just plot against him. Yes, that's yes. uh, it. on air. Yeah, well, and, 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 and we will – and then you can listen. And even as you're listening, we will be coming up behind you. I like it. And taking like you it. out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So Tuesday, watch Ricochet for details. Tuesday, October 15th in New York City uh, sometime uh, in the evening. Um Jonah, you got anything you want to tell anybody aside from the Goldwater Institute uh, No, that's
2: better. Although I am literally walking out the door the second I get off this thing to go to Fox, for which I am late. So I have oh, to go. Oh, okay. The the uh, bye. There. And, there, uh,
1: Rob, and Rob is, Rob is yeah. casting uh, York parts for very yeah. fat people. Um and, uh, and so um, – and staying in very swanky hotels uh, where he yes. is well, down, until, down.
0: Until this afternoon.
1: Yes. Okay. And uh, I have, uh, of course, uh, a set at uh, Chortles in West Nyack, New York, <laughs> as, as, as ever. Please, please join me. Um, I will be, uh, I will be opening for the guy who used to say, "You can call me Ray, and you can call me
0: Jay." Hey, and you can- There's a, a bit of trivia for you. That was, a, that was, a, that was big stuff for a while.
1: It was, and, and it just goes to show that anything can become big stuff for a while. So, thank you all very much. Thanks for listening, and. Uh, We'll be back soon.
0: See you fellas later.
2: Aye. So I win my turn, I'm a modern man, and the people behind me they can understand. Makes me feel like
0: makes me feel like So. Conversation.